0: Hello and welcome back to We Are Movies. I'm Johnny Mockney. Um, that's, I, I've never been able to figure out the transition between that voice and my normal voice, but welcome back to the podcast and uh, especially to the first episode of the Halloween season in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm very excited for this month. If you know me, you know that I love... Halloween and horror movies, and you know that I use Halloween as an excuse to make this exclusively uh, a horror or spooky movies podcast. And um, I could also not be more excited than I am for my guest in this episode. Uh, His name is Peter Johnston, he's a professor at MSU, a film professor, and um, nobody, I'd say very few people, have played such a big role in my life in my uh love and knowledge of uh, film more than pete has um pete justice a couple other guys um you know obviously are some of the most influential people on um the fact that i do this today so uh we talked about the rocky horror picture show which is one of the greatest most influential cult classics of all time It needs no introduction. You probably know what it is, but uh, we had a fantastic discussion on it. Talked about a lot of stuff that, you know, I think a movie like this that's as popular as it is, I think that we actually covered some new ground, hopefully. So I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you also get a chance to go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, as it's meant to be seen at some point this season. And without any further ado, please enjoy this very spooky episode of We Are Movies. First of all, I want to say for, I guess, for people at home who aren't familiar, I've, I've known you since I was in high school. Yeah, that's I, right. My sister, Julia, and I, we joined your,
1: your summer f- film camp. Which, do you still run that? Film camp. It's been a minute, but we're talking about bringing it back. Okay. Uh, since the pandemic, we, we paused. Okay. And we didn't quite, you know, we still haven't quite brought it back. But yeah, I think next summer, it's nice. coming back. The new Johnny Mockney could be <laughs> waiting in the wings. Yeah, yep. The next the next
0: podcaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: America needs another podcast. We don't have enough, no, frankly.
1: No, a dearth.
0: The, the, <laughs> the, the movie angle, I always say, was because uh, every comedian i know has a podcast so the movie angle was me trying to zone in on an expertise yeah uh, to not make people think i had the ego to think they just wanted to hear me talk about the world or sure. you know <laughs> the recent news or something <laughs> um but uh yeah i met you there and i, I do want to say before um you have to pretend to be nice about it i am embarrassed of the person i, I was at that time because oh. I, I was a classic uh i think i might have been 15, 16. Quentin Tarantino was still my favorite director. Sure. Uh, which I guess is not uncommon. No. The, I think I just ticked all the boxes
1: of that era. Yeah, of... But there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You were funny. You were smart. You, oh, you made sure. a great film, I thought. <laughs> I was you. impressed. I yeah, thought. we did. We made the blind luck. It was yeah. awesome. I thought it was great. And yeah. uh, and you knew so, you knew more about movies than I did and still do. So, oh, you know. well, you taught me what a best boy was. So I think that's... <laughs> And that will be my legacy. Right, right, of course.
0: Uh, everybody you know who goes to Michigan State and comes out of it knowing who a best boy is. Mm-hmm. They, they go they, Pete, Pete Johnson thanks. think. Um, have you, where do movies start for you? Where does that, is that a thing just ever since you were born or can you pinpoint a moment?
1: I think it starts when I was four or five years old and my brother, 10 years older than me, has the vhs camera set up on the tripod Mm. and he's in a costume with his buddy and they're like strumming a guitar and making some some video and just like getting all the stuff together and putting together the show and setting up the gear i was like into the gear (laughs) thought that just seemed so cool and i was like yeah i just i wanted to do that so you were always on the technical side of it from the beginning. Yeah. 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 But, but you know, also just kind of holistically, like, just thinking about the story and, you know, what you could put together. And there's a, they filmed, pro, pro, same era, you know, it was Christmas uh, 85, maybe, 86. Um, so I'm like two years old, but this is on the Christmas video to this day. <laughs> They film, my uncle is visiting, we lived in Denver, and they film this sort of espionage thriller uh, with all in the backyard and, you know, my dad's in there and and everything. And my sisters have cameos and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it was just always, like, somewhere in the background, like, I want to do that. That looks cool. Yeah. I want to be part of that. Yeah. So it started with backyard movies. Backyard movies, for sure. We also had this book, I don't know where this came from, but it was all about special effects and it was like, it was for Super Eight. So it was about like how to do, you know, compositing, but in camera with using mats and, um, but and all practical make, makeup effects and things like that. And so just like reading through this, it was like, oh man, this is like how they do. This is all the tricks and stuff. Yeah, yeah there was something about the magic of that of like how it gets put together that always intrigued me.
0: Okay, that's that's cool because that means. From the beginning, you were a production guy. Yeah. Like, before anything. Before you were... Probably before you were even a fan of specific movies. For sure. So that's fair to say. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know... And then the my brothers had Star Wars on and that, you know... Sure. Yeah. Tapes. And I remember... Same brother, Joe, putting on uh, Child's Play when nice. I was, like, four. And I yeah. shouldn't have been watching that. Terrified me. Right. But um, we didn't go to the movies that much. But we had, you know, tapes... And so I remember the one VHS tape we had was Speed. <laughs> nice. At one point, or yeah. my sister had had this copy of Speed. We, my little sister and I, watched that every day. Really? Yeah, we, we must have seen Speed like <laughs> eighty-five times <laughs> one year. Every that's the
0: amazing thing. That's I think something kids growing up will never understand is you were limited to movies you had at home. Yeah. So there's a select two or three movies. That you just know by heart. And oh, it yeah. doesn't
1: matter if it's the perfect movie or anything. It's just what you had, you know? Absolutely. And you just watched it. And we were just obsessed. I mean, we were like 10 or something. Yeah. We watched Speed like so many times. amazing. <laughs> were you ever like quoting along with it? Were oh, for like sure. A, yeah, yeah, well, I'm taller. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. <doing> lines. <laughs> oh, 100%. Cans. It's just cans. It's just cans. Yeah, yeah. I'll text my sister that sometimes. Cans. <laughs> I just cans.
0: I love the uh the when at the end when he does the what do you do what do you do when he's like quizzing him pointing at a gun always uh, that yeah 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 legendary opera performance absolutely so was so I, I that kind of answers my next question which I was gonna ask what your sort of formative growing up movies were which I guess that's
1: one speed yeah speed. uh I think yes Star Wars just sure. because you know my brothers were uh, ten and twelve years older than me, so um okay. You know they were they were alive and went to the movies when that came out and stuff. Um, Jurassic Park, big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, lots of Spielberg and and sure. kind of typical stuff. Yeah, the usual suspects of a of a growing yeah. boy. Yeah, Home Alone. Yeah, like uh, yeah a I didn't ses- I didn't mean the the movie The <laughs> Usual Suspects. To be <laughs> right, clear, right. I meant like <laughs> these movies. The aren't typical new, movies, right, but. right. You yeah, know, The Usual Suspects, pretty good
0: movie. Also a good movie, yeah. Very cursed. <laughs> very cursed but great film. Um, so uh, was there a transition period for you then growing up on these types of movies when, you know, you became academically involved in film? Was there a period of like kind of having to stretch your legs and watch stuff that you would have never otherwise sought out? That Because uh, I guess, every, I mean, every film student goes through that for the most yeah, part, right? right.
1: Yeah, I think when I got to... In, in high school, you know, I was starting to consider myself a cinephile and mm-hmm. wanted to sort of seek out, you know, I mean, not, just just anything foreign seemed the, like, you the know... Canon, like, the right. canon. The right. canon, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, Citizen Kane and... Oh, um, Kurosawa. Kurosawa, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, you, you know, Rasha, anything like just one or two criterion dvds like <laughs> buying them like one at a time like i had the rashomon dvd right um you know seventh seal and then when i started college i had access to the college library which was like ooh you know now i can sort of yeah get these um they had you know just an expanded foreign collection so you know La Strada and um Uh, wild strawberries and you know going through like I had a text a random film textbook (laughs) someone gave me I don't even know how I got this so I was like just kind of ticking off yeah like okay Altman and um Antonioni and Fellini and, you know, just yeah. like, yeah, just going, kind of going through kind of blindly, not really knowing what, what I was doing, but is And we like, and I assume probably at the time, not quite understanding why these were the canon, right? Like not. Yeah. Yeah. But just yeah. was hungry, you know, like right. we didn't have like an art house or anything. And, yeah. Um, and I worked at the, I, my first job was at the movie theater oh, uh, wow. when I was 16. So oh, okay. but, like I worked at the movies. I had free passes to see every, every all the new releases. Yeah. So I was up on on all of that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and a couple friends and I, you know, a couple couple guy friends in, in high school were like this sort of cinephile. So just trying yeah. to like I don't know. We didn't we it's not like we even exhaustively saw that much, but sure. you know, just you like were, you slightly were... more than maybe the typical high schooler.
0: Yeah, and probably also
1: thought of it more
0: than you know it's like you ask a kid nowadays what his favorite movie is it's like the last thing he saw in, yeah in theaters you yeah. know right like, right uh, uh certain kids obviously not all of them
1: um yeah. but kubrick uh, was huge you know with as, sure. as he is with every you know right kind of budding cinephile like you know favorite director
0: right i, I always know that you can always spot like a film i don't know like a film student from like a movie guy or something based on like if they're just like a person who loves film loves loves movies, their favorite Kubrick is like The Shining or 2001. Yeah. And if they're like a film student, it's Barry Linden. That's what I always <laughs> that's what I always notice. You you, you take enough good. classes, suddenly Barry Linden's your your Kubrick It movie. jumps to the top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so
1: when did you first see the Rocky Horror Picture Show? When was that? Okay, so I was thirteen. Okay. And I used to before I worked at before I got paid to work in the movies, I volunteered to work at the movie theater. There was a theater in Elma that was run by owned and run by the local uh, theater company. like the Grasha County players, bought this movie theater, operated it as as a second run theater um, but used the profits to put on plays, yeah. every two months or six weeks or whatever. So it was nonprofit run by volunteers. um and my friend's mom was on the board, which meant that and him and I were were also you know big into into film. And I think you know, through him, um and alongside him, you know, we were got into watching you know stuff. Sure. so that that was like sort of beyond our just just beyond our understanding. yeah, um so yeah, we were like, yeah, thirteen probably, and and started volunteering at the strand, which meant we could see the movie for free and eat as much popcorn as we wanted. Yeah. Which is like, you know, perfect for a 13 year old. Right. It's all you want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we would and it's a single theater. And so like you just sit in the back and if somebody needs a refill, you see them go you see them coming. So you just go out to the lobby and fill up their yeah. soda or whatever and, and and so they they brought the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Halloween, probably, you know, this is like 1997, probably. And neither him nor I knew like what, what this was all about. But, you know, we volunteered all the time, every weekend. Um, yeah. And they had, I think, two weekends, like three or four shows maybe. And we were just like, what is this? Yeah. Like not not only the film, but like the experience uh just blew us away. So it was all the props and everything. It Lord. was a full on. So yeah, not only was it all the props, but yeah. they did a live sort of stage version The Shadow currently, The Shadow passes the yeah, yeah. up there. Um which I don't even know how they arranged that. Maybe just maybe people just did that? I don't even know if that was like part <laughs> of it or if people were just like I'm, you know, Frankenstein, like I'm going to jump, gonna up jump up there. into the Yeah, role. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um because I know nowadays it's usually a pre it's a
1: cast it's like yeah, a company that right. does it yeah they practice for right. but you don't really know people were waiting in the wings I, you know I, I just think that people knew and what's weird too is like it's central Michigan sure the closest but people just knew all of the stu- like they knew all of the things to say and they knew the thi- the props to bring so I don't know if they were seeing it in like if they grew up, you know, Elma College is a small liberal arts school, so a lot of the college students were probably the the crowd. Um, but it, yeah, I, I've never actually really thought like, where were people encountering it before that? Were they seeing it in like Ann Arbor or, you know, I mean, it's not like it's or super rare, but but at the same time, it doesn't happen everywhere that they're yeah. showing this. Yeah, and especially at that time, you're
0: not. Because I remember I learned all about that stuff from the from the internet, yeah. like is how I learned mm-hmm. about the history, and right. I learned like from the Blu-ray that yeah. I had of the movie and all that stuff. So that was de- that's definitely it's like you had to have just heard about it and gone to it before, and uh, you can usually if you go to one of those, you can kind of tell who's a veteran and who's new. Yeah, right, right, yeah, oh yeah, so. the uh,
1: the virgins, right, right, it's the whole right. thing. So we were just like, okay, this is amazing. We love yeah. this. People are dressing up. Um, you know, people. and then and the staff too, and, and some of them were were like kind of older volunteers, still maybe in high school, but you know, during the rain sequence, they had they like blasted the crowd with a oh wow with the water you know from the projection booth yeah um so they really like made it and th- that theater just got trashed completely Tr- trashed with it was the the rice too rice Probably the whole toast. yeah yeah um. You know, rubber gloves, playing cards, all of the stuff. Right. And so then we had to clean after. It took like two hours to clean <laughs> yeah. a single auditorium afterwards. But, yeah, that just like... So then we went and, and we had, you know, it was like somewhat early days internet. But we we could find we found a script with all of the like talkback lines. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so we just like memorized that. Oh, okay, So that we could play along. Right? Yeah. And we're these like 13-year-old kids just screaming... Obscenities during yeah. the movie, and <laughs> well, that was part of, probably part of what was liberating about oh, it yeah. too,
0: right? Was this group of people that would be okay with you shouting
1: obscenities? Yeah, totally. Obscenities. Yeah. yeah, it was like a way to kind of act out in yeah. in a, a controlled way. I'm sure people were like, "Who the fuck are these kids?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And my sister, this is funny too. She was in college at the time. and She came to the show, and I and she told me later she was like so mortified that I was there. She's like, "What is he doing here?" yeah um but you know you couldn't hold me couldn't hold me back no no you couldn't and
0: you'd found people you'd found accepting i mean that's kind of the whole every time i see people talk about the rocky horror picture show if i see richard o'brien or anybody talk about it the the kind of basic thesis statement it is always just like it's about finding a community of weirdos yeah you know community of freaks yeah yeah Yeah. that that
1: love that yeah do you watch it every year do you find or, or is it a so I must have seen it so back you know this was probably three years in a row okay. that they and and it would be like three no it would be like six shows total mm-hmm. and then they started doing it every like uh, every six months so they did it around Halloween and they do it in April yeah so then like by the time that all kind of ran its course I probably saw it like 30 <laughs> times in the theater sure um and then I didn't watch it that much. I don't think I had. I, I had. I didn't have a DVD copy. I still don't. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I probably have the file, but um, I shouldn't out myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I saw it one more time in theater in in uh, Chicago when I lived in Chicago. Okay. Um, the music box. Or? The music box. Yeah. yeah. With the with the friend that that I grew up seeing. Oh, with. that's cool. He lived there too. So. Full circle. Yeah. 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 And. But no, i mean, I still love it and I did watch it last year, but I don't it's, it's not a, a fixture as much as it used to be. Sure. Yeah. Well and it's probably still by all the times you did see it
0: still ingrained in your DNA. Oh,
1: like yeah. you could easily slide back into knowing when to shout what, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I can sing I could probably sing the whole thing top to bottom. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was the first <laughs> You at least put the songs on Halloween playlists, oh, I yeah. assume. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: I I yeah. I will run through the album two, three times every Halloween.
0: Yeah. I, I um, my personal history with this movie, and I have, I have a close personal history kind of with it. I I discovered it when I was young. I was probably about 12 years old, um, 12 or 13. I was living in Corinth, Mississippi, tiny, <laughs> tiny little Bible Belt town right on the border of Tennessee. And I watched it because I'd always seen just the cover at, uh, uh, which is, it's like Tim Curry laying on the lips, yeah. kind of, like oh, yeah. posing on the lips. Um, Such a provocative image. Very provocative image. I'd seen it at, like, Blockbuster, and and I knew who Tim Curry was. I loved him in Clue, Yeah, you know, that was my... Oh, yeah, I was a big Clue fan. Exactly. Too. That's all I knew about Tim Curry was he was in Clue, but I loved them. Oh, and, and Home Alone, too. Yeah. Uh, and I, then, basically, I got it, but my understanding of it was it was like a horror parody, so I was expecting, like, a young Frankenstein, like a Mel Brooks movie, uh-huh. and I just literally watched it, just sat and watched the DVD at home. <laughs> and I think my family was around, like, I think my fam- parents were, like, sitting there and couples, because they had remembered it growing up, uh-huh. but they didn't quite remember that much of it, and they would kind of shift around a little bit every now and then. Um, but I just remember just not laughing at all. <laughs> <laughs> what a bizarre experience. I remember sitting there, and, but, but I was still, like, entranced by it, because yeah. I had never seen anything like it, and... And in particular, like, early on, it's got that uncanny feeling like it is... I mean, it's a musical, uh, but then it's... Um, and the songs I liked. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, I couldn't understand if I was supposed to be laughing. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a feeling I still chase sometimes. I love that uncanny feeling of yeah. is this supposed to be funny or not. Uh, but then uh, afterwards, I just, like, began, like, researching the movie. And I was like, I gotta find out more about this movie. Yeah. And, like, what the deal is. And that's when I found out about the whole history of midnight showings that have existed for 40 plus years you know Um, and then I ended up Having a party, I schedule a party to bring over a bunch of my friends, including a girl I liked named Caitlin, uh which is important <laughs> to the story because i I even we made prop we brought props. I was like, we're gonna do our own little rocky horror nice. screening in our house uh Caitlin left about thirty minutes in because she thought the movie was too weird uh <laughs> and then and all my friends kind of sat around like, what is this Johnny? it was uh you watch I think you should leave right yeah it was the when he shows them the uh <laughs> the Bozo Dubbed Over clip, uh, yeah. <laughs> And they all kind of look at him like, what is this? That's exactly what That's I got. That's the feeling. <laughs> and I was like, God, this is, this is, like, everybody loves this movie. And they're like, I don't believe you. And um, But it was just, yeah, it was always kind of like part of me and I always loved the soundtrack. And then finally, when I started high school uh, at Okemos, I went to the Sun Theater, which I oh, think yeah. to this day still screens it every Halloween. Oh, I man, if they do, I've been missing out. That's... Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I have not been. Because I went a few to- a few years in a row. Uh, the first, and the first year I went, I was 17 or 16. Um, and if you're a virgin, if you're over eight, 18 or over, they'll put the V on your forehead uh-huh. so that they can haze you. They yeah. make you do stuff. Right, right. Uh, but if you're under, then they have to put it on your cheek. So I got it on my cheek. But then, <laughs> uh, so I didn't get to do anything. But um, which honestly, when I saw what they were doing, I'm like, I'm good. I'm um, glad. <laughs> But, yeah, no. now I've seen it uh, in that context quite a few times and seen it performed live, too, and and, and th- that whole thing. And uh, But, yeah, no, It's it was it also like a movie that I just have... I could probably quote or sing yeah. very easily. Probably not... I don't think I've seen it 30-plus times.
1: <laughs> but,
0: you know, it's always been a movie that's been part of my love of movies yeah. for a long time.
1: Yeah. it's um, I, It's interesting because, like, I would have a hard time... Now separating it and judging it as just like a piece of cinema. Right. Well,
0: that's what, I'm sorry to tell you, that's what I wanted to try to do yeah. today. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think it's
1: I think it's good.
0: I think that's worthwhile.
1: Think Let's it. dig into it.
0: The, the fascinating thing is, you know, as I got older and I got more into film, I discovered so much more about movies I already liked. Yeah. And there's still very little you can discover about Rocky Horror. Right. By, like, a lot of these actors go on to be in tons of movies, Susan Sarandon, Tim Curry, yeah, Barry, you know, Boswick. Barry Boswick, obviously, who, oh, I, I'll show you later, I've met Barry Boswick at, uh, a con- I think it was at Motor City Nightmares. Oh, nice. I got him to sign Tidy whities for me. Nice. <laughs> um, he wrote, "Damn it, Johnny, I love you." Um, oh, and uh, cool. I referenced, I referenced the Nancy Drew movie that he's in when he was signing his name. I was like, "This is that scene in Nancy Drew." And he goes, "Like, was I in that?" And then the guy <laughs> with him was like, "Yeah, you are the bad guy." And he's like, "I was the bad guy." Great movie. <laughs> I think about that a lot. But um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, the actors that went on to do stuff yeah. huge before they were famous cast. Um, but other than that, like a lot of this is rooted in the, the show yeah, that right. was created by Richard O'Brien. Yeah, um, and then I, and I think the majority of the cast is a carryover from the musical. The biggest difference being Susan Serena and Barry Bostwick, right? Because they wanted to put Americans into the movie for you know that cultural appeal, right? Right, right. Right. Um, but yeah, judging it as a film,
1: I don't know anything about the director J- Jim Sharman. Uh, no, I mean I've never re- and I don't yeah I, I don't know that he made much else. Right. I don't know if
0: anyone's applied you know tour theory to, <laughs> to Jim Charman. <laughs> um but yeah, little's known about him. More is known about Richard O'Brien, the writer, obviously. Yeah. Um but even him, like I mean, he's, he doesn't have a filmmaking history no. necessarily. He's an actor. Right. But, you know. Um but that's yeah, there's very little to go off of. Yeah. But I guess watching it now, I guess the best question to start with is Why this movie? Why do you think it's this movie that this happened with? Like,
1: yeah, that's a great question, right? I mean, why not Grease or right? Any other beloved musical? musical. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's like I. So last time I did watch it, it was just at home, right? And so I did have a chance to just kind of like take it in, and I'm like, I think when I was younger, I thought. The experience is amazing. The movie is weird. Yeah. And now I was like, the movie rules. Like, right. as as a piece of, like, independent sort of v- cinema, even though, you know, it's 20th Century Fox, but, like, clearly taking a risk on this sort of weird oddball thing. Right. Can't be that, I mean, I don't know what the budget was, but it's, it can't be, like, ah, super high. The budget was $1.4 Okay. So, like. Fairly low, yeah. Um, but like, I just I sort of love the filmmaking now. Yeah, it's got it's like it's clean. the The design is amazing. The mm-hmm. design of the castle and every all of the all of the props and everything is so idiosyncratic and so, but also just like so thoughtful yeah. and like you know purposeful. The whole like criminologists like the whole right. outside story like the framing Charles story. Gray is the Charles narrator is, yeah, like, yeah. is like looking he has like stills from the film that he's like <laughs> looking at like he's examining this whole thing yeah. and idiosyncratic is the best word yeah I mean it's just it. like
0: Because it's also the sense of humor. Weirdly enough, for how bombastic and flamboyant the movie is, the sense of humor is oftentimes very small and very subtle. Right. There's you know little jokes about like glances that characters give each other. Like that's the majority of where the humor kind of comes from.
1: Yeah, it's
0: very earnest.
1: Yes. It it doesn't have much like winky. No, it's like, and it's very throwback to like you know sort of like the '50s kind of. Well, that's the whole, uh, uh, um, the entire opening
0: song. Yeah. The uh, um, science fiction, science double, fiction feature. double feature, uh, which is sung by Richard O'Brien's voice, but over Patricia Quinn's lips Right. Uh, in the movie. Uh, and th- I mean, that's, it's just riddled with reference. You could play a game. It's like, oh, yeah. it's it's like finding the pop culture references in One Week by
1: the Bare Naked Ladies. Right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> find all the all 50s the...
0: horror and sci-fi references. Yeah. And,
1: and the yeah. vision, you know, and I think they also sort of, refer, you know, just kind of like with the costumes, um, you know, they're they're pulling from that too. Yeah. And there's like a doo wop kind of quality to the music. Like, yeah. The music itself for that tune, you know. It feels it, 50s. It's very much 50s, right? The yeah. Meatloaf song is like an old kind yes. of rock and roll, like, you know, 50s rock and roll song. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Hot Patootie. Yeah. Hot Patootie, yeah. Yeah. Bless my soul.
0: <laughs> and he's dressed like a like a greaser. Yeah, like a know. greaser. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like a yeah, leather jacket. And and then, yeah, Brad and Janet are in this intentionally hammy, mm-hmm. you know, very virginal couple. Um, you know, he's still wearing like his, he's wearing like a jacket with the town's name on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> like, that, and he's got the, yeah, I mean. But, but I mean, so early on, like, there's one joke that doesn't fit with the rest of the movie, which is that it starts off with them at their friend's uh marriage, their friend's yeah. wedding. And when they drive off, it says something like, just she got, married. She got
1: hit hers, now he'll
0: get his. he'll get his, which is a sight gag. Yeah, you know. Right. And that kind of isn't the type of joke that's in the rest no, of the
1: movie. No, it's weirdly you know kind of grotesque yeah <laughs> and it's like scrawled on there and like that's, really that's the grotesque. only
0: thing that's like borderline a mel brooks type yeah of joke, right 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 you know and then um but yeah a lot of the humor in that scene is like the part of what's so funny about that to me is they're singing this very impassioned song and the you know the rhyming words with the name Janet but then uh the way that the background characters who are yeah who played are by yeah Richard O'Brien Patricia Quinn and Tim Curry yeah uh they what the way that they're very like kind of like just going like very uh, uh uh deadpan just like
1: Janet yeah like right that's funny it's not a joke <laughs> yeah, but it's right. funny it's funny yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the staging is like has a has a humor to it. Yeah, it's intentionally
0: awkward. Mm-hmm. The little bit like where he draws the heart on the door, yeah. is you know
1: strange. It's a strange right. choice, but it works. Yeah, it's just I think there's everything that has like that just that sincerity and kind of lack of uh, sarcasm. Yeah. I feel like it's so that's so welcome to see because it's like it would be easy to sort of you know, make it really jokey, and and I think that would be the kind of impulse now. Oh, for sure. Well, now we're too afraid of sincerity. Right. You know, sincerity scares us. That's why
0: every Marvel movie has people joking about yeah. the name of the You gotta be quipping. Right. The You're like, time. Oh, that's really your name? You know. Right. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Right. 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 That yeah, just yeah. happened. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. But nobody this movie has so many moments where somebody could say that just happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
0: 100%. <laughs> it's, it's a buffet of oh, that just 100%. happened. And nobody does that. Um, yeah. but that's also part of what's funny about it is the tension that builds up with like, you know, their their car breaks down, they end up at a, a castle. Um that's a funny joke.
1: Didn't we pass a castle?
0: <laughs> that is, that's a... <laughs> that is funny. and that's another thing that might it doesn't read as a unironic, joke. right? <laughs> like, did we not pass, didn't a, we pass castle? a castle? Castle, right? Just a few miles back. Yeah, and then um, you know immediately you meet the, uh, Richard O'Brien as Riff Raff, who is a clear you know a I, Igor slash Fritz riff. Yeah, you know a hunchback. Yeah, uh, and then Patricia Quinn as uh, his uh, sister slash girlfriend. Uh, magenta, um, And then not long after that, we go straight to the Time Warp, which is the most iconic song for the movie. Oh, my and then God. We, the incredible set. Like, genuinely, when you were talking about the set, yeah. the, the set that we go into, the dance hall, is
1: gorgeous and yeah. also loud and disgusting. Right. All of the <laughs> details, this David statues with the speakers. Yes, and yeah. Just like all of the kind of like it's a sort of haunted house, you know, with cobwebs and and everything. Right. And then, but but it's also yeah, this like ballroom. Right. And all of the the Transylvanians are partying in, with their tuxedos and their noisemakers <laughs> and stuff. And they're, they're hors d'oeuvre plates. <laughs> there's right, one right. shot I always remember of one guy. It just
0: cuts to one guy in the middle of the song being fed so, an hors d'oeuvre yeah. like, from somebody else. Right. You know, There's those images that just live on in my mind. Yeah. Like, brief moments. Um, I do hear, I think, a lot of people who just try to view this as a movie, they say it's very front-loaded in terms of the best stuff. Which I think is debatable. But I definitely think the movie... It drops off at a point where Brad and Janet just lose agency, and it just becomes a series of, you know, like if I were to try to break yeah, this movie, yeah, I think so. Right, it does <laughs> as a get, movie. It, it, yeah, I think
1: it probably does get a little bit, a little bit tedious. <laughs> sure, um, but you, you know, yeah, but it's it, great. It's so front loaded, right? Yeah, right. once you get in there, you get the time warp, yeah, and then you get sweet transvestite right away, right? Literally,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, because right after the time warp, you get that. I think a funny joke where he's like, say, anybody know how to Madison? Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) They're backing up, and then we get the Tim Curry entrance with this great, like, uh, nowadays they would call it a Ken Burns, where it's like an after-the-fact Zoom. I don't know if there's an old name for that. But where they just punch in on the footage, because it gets grainier as it (laughs) gets closer to (laughs) Tim Curry's face, as as Dr. Frankenfurter, um, who is obviously, I think, you know
1: the when people think of Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's, it's him. He's yeah. the star. What a, porf- I mean, Tim Curry. First of all, yeah, one of Obviously. our great actors. Just the Tim best. Curry. Unbelievable. Can you that you could pull that off? And he yeah. looks amazing. He looks incredible. His body is like exquisite. In in yeah in the costume and just pull you know Yeah, like, you yeah,
0: the, the fishnets? Yeah, like, it looks fantastic. Uh the makeup like yeah, no he and he and he just owns it. He has so much completely so much swag Raw sexuality. So much and, sexuality. Yeah, and it's uh you know, it's uh sometimes people like uh credit they say like one of the credits to this movie is like it's almost cooler that Tim Curry is just a straight man in yeah, real life, you right. know, like he's not the, the, the and that adds that adds to the feeling of sexual liberation to the entire Yeah, thing. right. It's like <laughs> it's like anybody, it doesn't matter anybody a, yeah, it
1: does not matter anybody yeah. can can play Everybody's invited exactly right
0: Um And uh, I, I think sweet transvestite is my personal favorite mm-hmm. song out of all of them I think just like as a rock and roll Song hundred percent. It's incredible. Yeah the guitar riffs like are great i i there's so many i think so, some of the funniest lines the you know the line about we could take in an old steve reeve's movie <laughs> is funny uh and i also remember one of my favorite callback like one of the response lines that people would say in the theater is when brad is singing the uh, you know, I'm glad we caught you at home. Uh-huh. Can we use your phone? And he was we're both in a bit of a hurry. And he was like, we'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. And then people would shout at the screen, we both want to fuck Tim <laughs> Curtain <Yeah. laughs> Which is probably That's a great life. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I do, I think Barry Boswick's performance is underrated too. Because he's very, yeah. he's very funny.
1: I he's hilarious. Yeah. and And... I mean Susan Sarandon too like yes. I, was, I had such a crush on her. Oh yeah. You know she looks she looks great too. They're, yeah they're, well they're both I mean they both, both get
0: the most fearless
1: performances in the film because they're, they're in their underwear. Naked the
0: whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's like a joke about his bulge like yeah, you know, they right,
1: right. his pants down. <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. and that's just their costume for yeah. the majority. Of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until they hit the floor show and then they're in even less. You know, right. And they're right. in the fishnets and lingerie. Exactly. Yeah. Um so I guess like,
0: I don't know. I don't know how good of a job we've been doing at trying to figure out why why this movie. But why this movie? I'd right. say why this that, movie compared to something like Grease. Yeah, Gre- maybe it's I think, the like,
1: yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So I, do, do you have a thought in your head? I'm you? just thinking. Well, it's like the subject matter one. Right. 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 Um, but also, I was thinking earlier like what's funny about the call the majority of the callback lines, which I thought were so funny as a kid. I think are, are very hacky now. Like when I sure. think about what we used to shout at the screen, there was like a tendency to want to compensate for the film's sort of lack of humor with right. being like, you know, now we're going to say something funny. And now I think about it and I'm like, that's not funny. It's like so... <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is very, is like just unnecessary. I mean, some of it is, is still good. Sure. But sure. a lot of There's it is just There's many like, outdated lines from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of it sort of is trying to insist, like, that, you know... We're above this? Yeah, or or just, like, here's a joke, when it's, like, obviously the film knows that. like Right. Yeah, we're above this, or, like, we know better than the script or whatever, and we can kind of, like, you know, punch up the movie with our comments and stuff. Yeah. Where it's, like, just appreciate what's going on.
0: Because, like, one of the lines is when you yell, like, who has a wedding next to a graveyard? It's, like obviously that's funny. Like, they know yeah. the camera pans away from the wedding and there's a graveyard. They know that's yeah. a visual
1: gag. It's yeah, funny. I just, and I remember a lot of it sort of calling attention to like the, the low-budget quality of the films, sure. and, yeah. and it's like, that's the charm of it now. You know? I,
0: I think this movie, the phenomenon of this movie is the perfect encapsulation of the kind of melding of what do you like ironically and what do you just like, Yeah. you know? Because yeah. obviously this movie, compared to Greece or something, was partially embraced as a joke, because they just thought the movie was just bad in places. Yeah, they thought the performances were just bad, or yeah. because it was low budget, it wasn't the movie they wanted it to be, or yeah. something. And, and I think over time, because I, I, now I'm a, I, I'm kind of against the idea of liking something ironically at this yeah. point in my life. I'm like, if you like it, you like it. Sure. uh Putting an irony stamp is trying to show
1: that. The thing you like is below you. Yeah, sometimes. right. It's yeah. You're trying to like elevate yourself and say like, oh, I don't really like this. Right, right. You know. But I in just... a way,
0: I feel like that's what this movie kind of owes its cult following to is the fact that people did see it as bad. Yeah, they saw it as so bad it's good in quotes. Right. right? But yeah. then along the way, it just became
1: you no, know, we just love this movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there is like a winning over quality, and also just like it, it's freaky enough yeah. that it that it. It sort of fosters this tribal right affiliation. Yeah, you couldn't like, do it with a Gene Kelly musical. No. <laughs> you know it's got to be it's weird, not freaky. It's got to be freaky. It's got to be disreputable. Up. Yeah, you know, like the feeling that this movie would piss off your grandparents. Yeah, I think is part of right. It. And and the midnight, you know. So then you know exhibitors start showing it at midnight and and. Understanding, like they can make you know, they can bring it back all the time, weekly screenings, right. and yeah, part of it's the financial, like it kind of yeah. f- f- feeds
0: itself, yeah, right? Where it's like, oh, this is kind of a cult following, we'll screen it more. And then since they were screening
1: it more, it built the cult following, yeah, and, totally, you know. And I'm sure drugs had something to do with it. Oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why it feels it drags. To through <laughs> once the drugs wear
0: off. Once then... the drugs wear off, it it does. It's the perfect. It reminds me of. Uh, do you know Stephen Thrower? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's an author. He he wrote books on like. He wrote a book on Lucio Fulci. Okay. He wrote a book on like you know on uh, like a lot of uh, regional horror movies and stuff. But he used to be a drug addict, and his he said the reason he got into becoming a film scholar specifically for you know strange genre movies was because it replicated the narcotic experience without <laughs> the actual you know harm of drugs. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about. Yeah. <laughs> that. There's something to be said for why people do love these types of movies. Yeah, right. It know? can
1: be a rush and and yeah. a thrill and uh and no one gets hurt no one gets hurt right <laughs> Yeah, for the most part uh, unless you're allergic to rice
0: you know uh, yeah, yeah. or
1: you catch some toast in your eye right, or something
0: right um so i think we i think we might have cracked it i think we finally solved the answer um <laughs> the other I, the other thing i i, I think i want to talk about was like the uh, movies as a form of like there there's we see movies, I think, very often that are from filmmakers that grew up on a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And that movie is sort of an amalgamation of what they've watched, you know. And, it, right. and and in some like every Quentin Tarantino movie we they say is a state of the union on what he's been watching lately, right? Um, <laughs> where and this movie obviously is a riff on nineteen fifties horror and sci-fi the movies. movies. Yeah. And what do you think is the secret to making something like that that works and is good and works on its own when it's a pastiche
1: of stuff that came before it. Yeah. I think that what, where this movie succeeds is like it references those things and it has the sort of structure, you know, like it, like it, it's directly referencing King Kong and the climax, Mm. but it's so, it's so much its own thing at the same time. Like, um, and it and it, you know verbally references all those movies and the kind of like the the uh, young you know folks the, the protagonist kind of getting in over their heads and and evil um, doctor uh, who is creating some kind of creature but like the creature he's making is like a sex doll like that's <laughs> yeah. just so, that's so out of you know that's just so out of left field and yeah. such a such an a amazing, muscular Aryan. Sex doll. yeah like yeah <laughs> who who he loses control like in the frankenstein myth but it, you know instead of it, of it you know Killing rampaging the village it's... Another person. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and that yeah. this has then happened before with his previous sex doll who was uh he sort of who tried brainwashed brainwash meatloaf Loaf. <laughs> yeah eddie Played by right. Meatloaf. Right. Who,
0: I don't know if Meatloaf was a known name at the time. I'm
1: unsure. He that must was... have been. I mean, he,
0: I, think... I mean, he was going by Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Right.
1: That'd be a bold move. <laughs> to just Jesus. come out the gate with that name. Right. Uh, Meatloaf <laughs> people get used to it.
0: It took me a while before I even pieced together that that was the history of Eddie. It took me a while, I think. It is not it was...
1: easy to grok. It's not really outright no. stated,
0: but that Eddie, yeah, was his previous concoction. Right. Uh, which is funny because he's an entirely
1: different looking guy than yeah. the character of Rocky. <laughs> right. You know, if right. anybody knows what Meatloaf looks like. Right. Um, so so I guess um, it's like it's it's creating such an original story, right? It's yeah. like um, pulling these elements but then like, and visually it's still so much different. Yeah. Um, I mean that climax where they're climbing the the RKO tower and then it like you know, collapses into the pool swimming pool. Yeah. That's just so it's such an original bit of, like, blocking and set design and, yeah. um, you know, the music and everything. And, yeah, and then the music, like, the songs are very catchy. They're fantastic. They're yeah. so, you know... What are your favorites? What do you listen to when it comes to Halloween time, usually? I think, yeah, Sweet Transvestite is one of the best. Yeah. Um, Hoppatootie is just yeah. It's just, like a great 50s bop. Yeah, it's a total bop. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, God, now I can't think of the name. The uh, There's a light? Oh, there's a light the over Frankenstein the Frankenstein place. place. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a Yeah. That song slaps like a ballad. That's yeah. like a meatloaf ballad, you know. Like it's sort of an epic uh Paradise by the dashboard light, or
0: something. Underrated one that it took me a while to love was the uh, Rose tint my world. Uh, oh yeah, one because and it starts off with that uh, uh, Nelly. Right, uh, that character uh, or Little Nell, sorry, as Columbia. Which it starts off with her line and her voice going like, "Dance uh-huh. when it's great, when yeah. it all began." Yeah, uh-huh. uh And like, I do love that that part, and the and the also the guitar in that moment, like it's a great a rock ballad yeah. too. Also, in that my it, world, it expands to something totally different uh-huh. by the end of it. Yeah,
1: and I'm going home yeah that's a good that's that one that one gets me man it's gorgeous
0: yeah Yeah, his voice is is so great
1: so i want
0: to talk a little bit about okay because we forgot to get into we meet the character of dr scott uh who when he enters on his wheelchair uh everyone throws the Toilet paper because uh, because great Scott is the line, the great Scott, yeah. Uh, now he is the professor that Brad and Janet had back in college, that's how they met, was in his class. Um, there's an implication later in the film that he's a Nazi, uh, (laughs) where (laughs) where Frankenfurter says Scott, or should I say Von Scott, and everyone. Gas, Am I wrong for noticing that I think that's what that means? Yeah. No, I think <laughs> oh, okay. so. I think... Because yeah, he, like... he has a heavy like, German or Austrian accent. Yeah, right. Uh, and so I don't want to read too much into this, but at the end of it, when... Because um, also, I guess, if for some reason, somebody's listening who hasn't seen the movie, we find out... Spoiler. That, spoiler alert. Uh, Frankenfurter and, and everybody who lives in this mansion are aliens from a planet called Transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Um and uh they've just there's a coup essentially where Uh riffraff and (laughs) and magenta they decide they're gonna kill Frankenfurter at the end and leave and there's a line from von scott where he says like something to the tune of like this needs to be done because everyone's kind of against it like no don't kill him and he's like no this needs to be done to like uphold society yeah um now Robin Wood, <laughs> the film critic, <laughs> popularized the theory that all horror is inherently political. Yeah, and it's either you can either some might say this is reductive, but you can either put it in a uh, you know a progressive or a reactionary camp. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to point out was. I did, as per usual, I went through and I looked at half-star letterbox reviews for this movie. The ones I avoided using for that segment, which we'll get to, are the ones that are not fun, which are the ones where people genuinely seem to have a problem with the politics of the movie because they seem to be on the side of the, the movie agrees with the Nazi, Scott, which, frankly, I think is
1: wrong. Yeah, I think that's clearly the incorrect rating yeah. of the movie. Yeah, I, and I think he—he's meant to look like an asshole, like an ass kisser in that moment. Yeah, like he's a brown noser. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to get out of trouble by he's saying like, you like, did right. Yeah, he's just trying to get spared so he doesn't get laser shot in his eye. Right. That's right. What, that's my take. So yeah. I, yeah.
0: And I think you're also—you mentioned the "I'm Going Home" song. You're clearly supposed to feel sympathetic. Oh, Frank completely. And
1: no, that's his moment. Like you know, he's done some awful things. Right. Throughout the film, but like, that song wins you back. Like, right. oh man, this guy's going home. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I, I, there's a, I remember when we watched Daisies in class. I forget which class it was. But we watched Daisies and I had this kind of idea that I, I sort of entered it into this camp in my head of types of movies along with this or like the early movies of John Waters mm-hmm. or something where it's this idea of like, we're gonna be the monster that they think we are, yeah. Kind of. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I
1: don't. I, I've never found a perfect way to to articulate it. Yeah. But, but like, we can. We're we're just gonna like embrace the trash. Yeah. Elevate that and just revel in that world. Right. And
0: and intentionally be off putting, and yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And then if you get it, you get it.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. If you if it makes you laugh, then then yeah, you get it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, Um, but uh, yeah, I never really delve too much. I mean, it's it's a brilliant. I think it's a brilliant joke. Yeah, so subtle that he's a Nazi. Yeah, that he's that he's like posing right, or he's like he's like (laughs) like a like like a um, you know like a brawn character like like he's sort of reformed or something or now he's kind of flying under the radar well it also
0: goes with the 1950s idea that you know post-world war ii we brought a bunch of those guys over and gave them jobs yeah so (laughs) they
1: like made our rocket program right right exactly
0: yeah so that is a it it is no it is a great show (laughs) do you have any jokes that stand out to you that, that work
1: that like uh I mean, speaking of that, like that moment, I love when he all of a sudden and he's like surprised, but he's got on fishnets. When Doctor <laughs> Scott all of a sudden, underneath his blanket, it's so funny. He lifts up his leg,
0: because <laughs> it starts with them talking that we have to get out of this trap. And right? Then, yeah. Not only can he lift his legs, it has yeah. fishnets on him. <laughs> <laughs> so just like automatically, somehow it like overtook him. Right, and the visual of them doing like the sort of kick line, and he's just and him and his back and front <laughs> in his wheelchair, from kicking great. his legs,
1: <laughs> really funny. Yeah, uh, that's great. I mean, um, the the when they, they they're in the pool, and like he's laying in that uh, inner tube, and like this the painting of uh, uh, God and Adam is like underneath him, and yes. it looks like. The fingers up his butt, like he's <laughs> yeah. laying right. He's like right on top of that.
0: That's that's a great that's a great visual, guy. Yeah. There is genuinely so much about the movie that's well made visually. Yeah. Like there's good, like it's. Uh, I hate to say unironically, but genuinely unironically good. Yeah. Like it's not. Tommy Wiseau's the room. No, you no. Know? No, no. It's really capable <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah.
1: It's not like clumsy or Right. I mean, you know, maybe even but but yeah, it's not like oh this is so goofy. It's like, wow, this is really cool how they put this <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh jokes. Other jokes. Oh, I should have gone I should have watched the movie before we Oh that would have been great. the the smart <laughs> researcher <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, I'll go off with That would have been the professorial
0: right. uh, way to go yeah. about it. That's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot with that. but uh, um, I, I mean, those are. that is a great joke that you pointed out. We can count that as your answer. Yeah. I mean, I also love
1: the... It's not even really a joke, but just when he gets all angry at dinner and, <laughs> and pulls off the tablecloth. And, and they're eating Eddie. They're eating Eddie. Yeah. Right. It's just like, why... <sighs> That doesn't quite make sense. Like, why did you put him in the. T- is it a glass table? What's going on? Right. Is he under the ta- Are, are they eating cut- out of here, or do they just put him under the table to make him look like. Yeah, but know. I think that, we, you know, they are eating him. Yeah. But it's like, why, did you put him there? P- why isn't he in the <laughs> kitchen? Why isn't his dead body in the Yeah, him? I hate to punch logicals <laughs> in right, your right, picture right. show, but you're. It's right. a complex setup. For honestly,
0: dinner. this is not played out as a joke but maybe the hardest I laugh now is where early in the movie when Brad and Janet are s- shown to their separate bedrooms and um, Frankenfurter comes to Janet's room. Dresses Brad. Pretending to be Brad. Yeah. Talking in Brad's voice. Right. This is a right, funny right. gag too. Because it's all played on <laughs> in silhouette. And then uh, yeah, she realizes fair. it's actually Frankenfurter. But right. then he seduces her. She's like, I'll oh, promise you won't tell Brad. And right? just like, like, cross my heart and hope to die. And then they, and then they have sex. And then he comes to Brad's room and does the exact same thing. And the the weird, the subversion is that there's no subversion. It's right. just that he goes, prophecy won't tell Janet. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, to me is maybe thing. the funniest part of the movie. When the exact same scene happens, but with Brad. Yes. Because there's, there's it is just that first big swing with the characters that just like they're not going to be the people they were when they entered
1: <laughs> yeah no completely that that's plays out so great and it's so funny when when they use the voices like he's yeah. mimicking them completely and also perfectly yeah when she pulls off like she pulls off a wig and then he's got like the, but underneath f- is his hair is his hair which right? is longer than <laughs> <laughs> it's so great in silhouette it
0: just totally works yeah you totally buy it no that's 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 so funny. It is a movie that gets funnier I think over time. There's also that
1: scene. Yeah, no 100%. There's that scene where they're like all naming each other. It's yes. like a Scooby Doo oh, movie. It's right? iconic, yeah.
0: yeah. And then the Rocky and Rocky just moves his head. It <laughs> was a great bit. Uh the Janet, lo-
1: Brad, Dr. Scott.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the, and that's a bit that, it's like a vaudeville bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, they do that in Shrek, famously. Yeah. The donkey, like. Oh, it's
1: <laughs> and, so cartoony.
0: But uh, Rocky's a character that um, uh, never talks except when he sings. Yeah. Interestingly right. enough. Um, sort of Damocles. Sword of Damocles, which is a cool song. It's a cool song. Um, I, I do like that one. That's during that section where it's just song after song. Yeah. Because um, it's like right after that, you get in just seven days, I can make you a man. Yeah. And then you get Hot Patootie. Like literally, like it's like three songs Yeah, it's in like Yeah, it is back to back. But they don't get... In that section particularly, you don't get sick of them because they, they each have incredibly different feelings. Right. You know, and there's something... Different happening, yeah, one, but tone. it's all the same setting, and everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's bold, amazing.
1: it is, it's like <laughs> just all
0: songs. Pre Lay Mis, before yeah. they made a movie out of that, <laughs> those <Right>. cowards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got this. Um, did
1: I, I do have to ask, did you ever see Shock Treatment? No, no, never did. No, no, I think not. we rented it once. And maybe had it on, but I can't say it a really, you know. So I've seen bits and pieces. Right, right. But it was just no, you know, it was like flat. It just didn't right. have any of the, I don't remember any songs from it. I remember the titular song.
0: I never saw it, but I remember the titular song from like... Like, I can hear some of it in my head from, like, the trailers, like, from the clips I've seen, but it's not... It's nothing... If the titular song of that movie doesn't match the worst song from Rocky Horror... Yeah, uh, you you, got a problem. You got a problem. I can't... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd I'd watch it, but... um, Yeah, I I do think um, watching not to jump back, like, not to, I guess to put this to rest, the uh, the Robin Wood idea, the way of viewing this movie is where it's like, I, I kind of like, so if I, I think, I honestly think if somebody looks at this movie and they read it as reactionary, mm-hmm. I, I think they're trying to. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I cannot picture a reactionary person today <laughs> watching and enjoying
1: this movie. Right. You know? No. I Yeah. I think that like, When I think about some of the talkback, I think that's sort of reactionary. That definitely is. That's
0: the we're above this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Possibly.
1: And it's like, not, you know, it's just like, yeah, of course, that's the joke. Like, you don't have to point it out and mock it. Like, they know that that's the joke. Right. Right. And so, no, I feel like the film has just like this amazing spirit and... Well, it ends on such a downer. Like that's yeah. the, that's the weird part. Like the bizarre record. thing is, it's just the,
0: the. I mean, the final line is haunting. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Gray yeah, <laughs> lost right. in time, lost and in space, ended. and uh, and meaning and meaning. Yeah. yeah, and then it just meaning, and then it ends. Yeah, it's that's like it. holy shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is also bold. <laughs> <It's> totally <laughs> bold. And the last song. So then, and, and I can't remember what the but like. That superhero song isn't in That's, the all versions? The song or? is not in the American version. Okay. The
0: UK version has a song. The American version, you just hear some of the music, but they okay. don't actually sing yeah. it. But, which I think is a key moment to the ending. Yeah. I can understand in the US, them just doing like, all right, let's wrap this up. You yeah. Know? It's but a good song, though. I mean, it's, it very, a it's
1: very moving, I think. And,
0: yeah. Uh, it, and I think it kind of ties up maybe the theme yeah. a little bit right. better. You know, it's it's didactic in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> A little
1: right. bit. Yeah. So that's an interesting, I mean, it, 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 to dive into, I think that'd be the moment to sort of delve into the politics is like, Sure. What does that say? Like, they've been ruined now by this kind of like hedonistic lifestyle, <laughs> right? These right. Two. And now they're just kind of. The, the aliens have gone home and, and they're just kind of left with the wreckage. Yeah. So like what, yeah. What's the film saying about like sexual liberation? I, I think if you want to read this as, as not reactionary
0: as progressive, Yeah. you would say ideally they want to go with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Now they're stuck on the earth away from this lifestyle that they've now been exposed to. Right. You know? Um, and then obviously I guess the, you know the reactionary reading is like now nah, they're ruined yeah. by this thing. They're not the upstanding citizens they once were, right?
1: <laughs> because they've they've like yeah they've they've tasted the uh, the forbidden fruit or whatever, right? You know, the pleasures,
0: but also like I don't think the movie would portray the
1: forbidden fruit as so f- fun <laughs> if, Yeah. if it didn't think it was right, you know, right. Um, and ultimately, yeah, the people who escape are the kind of like like riffraff in Columbia. They're the react like they're the kind of like yeah, uh, you know, reactionary. They don't approve. They don't approve of what of his lifestyle, yeah. so even though they they're like, incestuous. That's kind of a whole <laughs> thing that's kind of brushed to the side. Right. But yeah. We won't get into the elbow sex. We won't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A classic <laughs> moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the ending is so strange, and then it, but then it you know I love the reprise of the um, of the science fiction double feature that has the kind of like music box quality over the sure. over the end. Yeah. It's yeah. just a cool, you know, I think a nice kind of bookend way to And it kind bring of you picks back. you back up a little bit. Yeah. End, you as know, you leave with the downer
0: ending, right. Right, you know, <laughs> you want to kind of be reminded of or remember the the fun parts of this movie. Right, were right, right. Were happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're
1: walking out of the theater like Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing the time warp 90 right. minutes ago No, and that's
0: I mean I think if you watch the movie in isolation when you watch in the crowd they're all shouting stuff at Charles Gray at the end so yeah. it's you know it's, somebody's lifting up a dildo to tickle his chin yeah, or something right, right, you know right, right. there's so much going on. Last one
1: on. out turn off, turn off the earth. <laughs> right
0: right um, but I, I do uh, yeah no I, I think um I I do want to say the first time I ever saw it, we were hanging out, me and this guy Dustin, we were hanging out outside the front. And uh, we talked to this guy dressed as Hellboy for some reason. Amazing Hellboy costume. Uh, And this was during the 2016 election. And he was a devout Gary Johnson supporter. So I would say the most right-leaning a typical uh our rocky rocky horror fan is is probably libertarian <laughs> that's <laughs> what i've that's i remember he was like pitching him to us he was like he was governing everything guys he was really experienced and we're like okay we're, buddy who are
1: you <laughs> why are you dressed we so walked
0: like? in we're like libertarian libertarian hellboy he had a lot to say yeah <laughs> at
1: the screening of Rocky Dork.
0: um so i wanted to pull up some of the um half star reviews that i found yeah um we had uh some of these i just have a hard time understanding but uh half a star out of five uh had to give it a half a star because all i experienced while watching this was a live sex performance permanently leaving my gay ass disturbed wish the gay sex scene lasted longer so now i'm kind of like i'm confused right (laughs) they're upset about the sex but then they wish there was more
1: of it there was a live sex. Unless, yeah, so unless they, something was going on. <laughs>
0: unless they're reviewing the experience they had watching the movie, <laughs> and this is something, outside <laughs> right, of the something else. Right, something else. Huh? Yeah, we need more. We need the, more the, yeah, this just it it opens up so many more questions. Totally. Than it answers. Um, this one, half a star. I'm sure it's good. It just felt like a fever dream.
1: What's wrong or with that? Kind of that? like,
0: yeah, exactly. I
1: love a fever fever dream. I,
0: I what I find oftentimes when I look at half star reviews, uh, for people who like good movies, it's always like they almost get it. Like they hate it, but then everything they say about it is kind of it right. right, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, like you're it, onto it. it. Right, it's like you're you're
0: totally right, but like you know, take it to its logical conclusion. Yeah, you, you just know?
1: gotta cross over.
0: Um, it just made me really uncomfortable. I'm repulsed by sex. I don't know why I watched it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of on that you. Yeah, no, that's
0: on you. Yeah, I mean, um, this one also on them. Love Tim Curry, but I just hate musicals. Ah, uh,
1: come. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, don't watch a musical. Yeah, wow, what are you doing? Also, if you love Tim
1: Curry, I, I don't believe you truly love Tim Curry if no. you don't love this movie. If you don't, this is Tim Curry at the height of his power. Yes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, name a name a more iconic performance from him,
0: and a more distinctive performance. Yeah. He never did anything like this again. No. Really, you know, a lot of his other performances, as great as they are, are more in line with what he does in Home Alone Two or yeah. Clue. Yeah. Right. You know, right. sort of a stuffy, yeah. British gentleman. Right. You know, uh, this is totally out there. This is unlike anything else
1: yeah. <laughs> that he ever did. So, yeah, you don't truly. Really, we're gonna. We have words for this person, right? <laughs> don't yeah. love Tim Curry. They
0: did. They did have. Let's see, do they have anything else of, of note there? They said, um, yeah, I just really hate musicals. Really tried to watch this because everyone talks about it all the time, but I just hate musicals. The songs are annoying and get stuck in your head and you
1: can't get them out. So I think that just means they're good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I think that the, that there's something to that. Like, I think the time warp is on a knife's edge for me to yeah. being... Kind of insufferable. Just because like, it's overexposed. It's overexposed, right? right. And it, if it wasn't the song, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, okay, this song. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I feel it the is same. Way. So catchy. It's to catch and, and you it's know, last to do to, the dance instructions are in the. It's in the song. It's in the song. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it's
0: just I'm as valid that. as the cha-cha slide. <laughs> yeah, if you put it on a party, really. everyone knows what to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to say about Rocky Horror before we?
1: The, I mean, we could at least touch on. I don't. Did you see the remake? Oh, with uh, Laverne Cox. Yeah,
0: I, I never watched all of it. I saw some of it. Yeah, did I you watch it?
1: I think I saw it all. I can't. Yeah. You know, it's, Victoria it's, Justice was. Uh, yeah, Janet. I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, was that a live one? Did they do that? Was that one of the, th- when they were doing the live musical thing? I d- I don't think so. I no, think it was just a made-for-TV
0: the- remake. Because yeah. you're thinking of when they did like the Peter Pan with Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was like that. Okay. I think it was it just was a just... movie.
1: Uh, okay.
0: And 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 Tim Curry played the
1: criminologist. In right. That one, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that was just kind of like a what are we doing here? Right. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Kind of like, you know? do we have a new take on this, or like? Yeah, yeah. You know, i mean, Yeah, I guess the take is Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox, who's a trans woman. Yeah.
0: Which you know is a different take. Yeah. You know, it's not a straight man dressed as a right, woman. Right, right, right. Yeah, and she was great. She was, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. But I was like,
1: mm, you can't touch Tim Curry. I mean, what do you, you know? You're right. It's
0: just like, what's the point? Yeah. I, I, there's a my my girlfriend and I have eternally fought over this, and we always will. Is that she. In many cases, the songs prefers the Glee versions. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> which Ooh. is a huge problem. Wow, <laughs> between Glee versions. <us. laughs> That's um, a bridge too far for me. Sorry, yeah, I don't um, want to hammer it down in too much. If she's listening, she's going to get mad. She's not here to defend herself, but yeah. Um, that was the
1: first CD I bought. The Glee, the the, <laughs> the Glee Rocky Horror, Glee <laughs> Rocky Horror. No, the Rocky Horror soundtrack was the first oh, CD just the I record. bought. Oh, okay. I was, like thirteen. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It's incredibly embarrassing to admit. Sure. In yeah. a way.
0: But yeah. Was it a thing, when, I guess, just as a kid, was it a thing you felt embarrassed of in the mainstream by any chance? Was it like you didn't, you wouldn't want to be seen there by somebody
1: else? It or... was so outside of, I don't even think I ever thought of that because it was just like so outside of the high school, middle school sure. experience. Like I don't think anybody had any clue what we were doing. Right. I think they would have just, I, I don't know if I would have been embarrassed. I think I, maybe I would have thought I. it was cool, but I never even thought. I was like, those, my other classmates have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought to, inc- you know, include them in it <laughs> or, or, you know, try to invite them. I was just like, this is our thing, my friend and I. it it's like. It's perfect. Why, why ruin it? <laughs> yeah. Why dilute the happiness? Right, right, right.
0: Uh, I, the, I get one other thing I did think of is bringing up that my girlfriend prefers the Glee version, and oftentimes what she'll cite is just where she thinks certain moments sound better as songs. Mm, yeah, and that's something that I can grant her. But I think part of what I love about it is the imperfections that come through the performances in yeah, the movie. Right. So, like Tim Curry when he's singing trans, sweet transvestite the. You know when he does the like Transylvanian, yeah, yeah. like it sounds messy, yeah. but it sounds it's great. It's yeah. like powerful. It's right. you know it gives a presence to the character as a character. Yeah, maybe in terms of just listening to a song, it's does not as pleasant as the Glee version.
1: But yeah, it, and Susan Durant and Barry Boswick's voices aren't you know they're not like trained right. singers, right? But, but yeah. so that's totally performance right embedded. But then Richard Bryan's voice is amazing. Oh, he's like, incredible. That's, while I don't you know I definitely didn't know that that was him at first right. singing singing the science fiction double feature and then and where he shows up in, uh there's a light yeah for that solo he doesn't arc. look like that voice be no. coming out of his face right especially in riff riffraff
0: makeup you know? yeah yeah <laughs> like, what yeah No, it's very bizarre. And it's... it's, Because, like, when he first introduces himself, his speaking voice is like a... It sounds like when somebody does a bad Hannibal Lecter impression. You know, sort of nasally creepy. Yeah. And then when he starts singing... The part I always think about is when he... In the time warp, when he has a... Like, you're on a sedation! Yeah. And then she... And then Janet faints. Yeah. Uh, Just... Yeah, no. Incredible. Uh, And I think my understanding is originally on... Uh, in the play, uh, Patricia Quinn sang Science Fiction Double Feature. And yeah. He ended up doing the voice for the movie for yeah. one reason for or another. Reason. But right. And the lips are iconic, that version too. Because like I guess in terms of a stage to screen adaptation, you'd think, how are we going to do this opening song where somebody just sings it?
1: Yeah. And they're like, just the lips. Let's just, just do the a close-up of lips against Black. <laughs> right. Which come from the distance. Incredible. So then, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another just cinematically impressive scene and interesting choice, right. and, you know, it's like, I don't, you, you're just wrong if you say the movie fails at what it sets out to do. Yeah. No. <laughs> we got
1: to do it. We get now we got to have a side podcast about Jim Sharman. Figure out right, where he's right. it, <laughs> <it's> coming from.
0: <laughs> Dive into, we're going to call it Sharman the O-Tour. Yes. And we're going to find out what the hell else what he's What is done. going
1: on inside Sharman's head.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to be, being a Sh- Jim Sharman or, t- or tourist would be the... <laughs> most deep cut <laughs> yeah. thing I could possibly yeah, I think do. So. I, forget all the vulgar tourists who love Michael Bay or whatever. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to dethrone go all of them. them. Um, man, uh, I think we did it. I think we that's did we did it. It's Rocky Horror. Uh, did you have anything else uh, you wanted to talk about or anything you wanted to plug or anything before we leave? I know
1: your, fa- your film's making the rounds uh, around the festivals. And, film's out in the festivals and it'll probably be online soon. It's called Grabber. Okay, with no vowels, G-R-B-E-R so uh-huh, okay. it's cleaner. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but that's it. You know, just w- go watch Rocky Horror this Halloween and yeah. Yeah, watch it with friends and sing along and
0: check it out at a real
1: screening if you can. I if think you, that's, yeah, if there's you... if there's a midnight show near you, go to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I appreciate this. I really do. Thanks, I, John. I know we've talked about it for a long time. Yeah. I'm this is a blast. Did it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. to jump to the left.